Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks, it is the morning, and our heroes are spending their first day on the Isle of Dread in the elemental plane of water. They're currently in the village of Elderwood, a community of indigenous turtles and a variety of shipwrecked people who have formed a thriving community. The ultimate goal is to find and recover the Olam Harp, one of the legendary instruments of the bards, but there's also a desire to help deliver messages and people back to the Sword Coast. And there is that volcano with a teleportation circle to discover. And maybe some other stuff to do. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren. You might know me as Oboe. I have milk chocolate with Baileys. Ooh, because hey. sometimes you just Comfort need drink. chocolate. That's how yeah, good. It's, it's just it's just chocolatey goodness. Oh, we also leveled up. So Travancore, what are you drinking? And what did Travancore get uh, on his long rest? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is something he has seen many times uh, in his local grocery store, which only in the re- last couple of months started selling alcohol, or at least beer and wine, along with the usual groceries. This is Great America Pumpkin Ale Flavored Malt Beverage. If, even if it's terrible, I get another mason jar out of it. We're going to do a live <laughs> tasting to see how this is. Wait, is it I in like a- it. It oh. is in a mason jar. It's a mason jar, yeah. Oh. Gotta love a good mason jar. We'll, we'll have to see on this one. I mean, stuff in mason jars are either really good or really bad, in my experience. I kind of like the smell of it. It's pumpkin-y, but for some reason I taste honey. It's got a bit of a syrupy flavor to it, which isn't that great. But uh, you know me. I'm not super picky. The more I drink it, the more I'll enjoy it. Hopefully you won't get through too much of it. I've decided this is mug-worthy on second taste. Oh, Put it in our mug of friendship here. Yay. Nothing else. It's the undiscovered country, right? After months of wondering what this thing tastes like, I know. And it's drinkable. And I'm going to continue to enjoy it. There you go. Because it's a malt beverage. It gave me a kind of a moonshine kind of vibe to it. I probably should read the label more carefully. <laughs> but it <laughs> well, is, it it is jar. 14% alcohol by volume, though. So, Ooh, so. be careful with oh, that. I'm going to say this for next week more than likely. All right. And you're level up. Yeah. So I decided to just take the ability score improvement this time. So for all of Travancore's experiences, he has gotten wiser. His new uh, wisdom score is 16. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you do that? Was that in Druid or was that in Ranger? I took a level in Druid. Okay, because that that can that can affect things. Yeah. So it's always good to know. So I'm a level twelve ranger and a level four druid. Awesome, I love it. All right, and moving on to Carlton, what are you drinking and what are you leveling? Uh, today, from the uh, random uh, soda portion uh, portion of my fridge, I have Doctor Brown's original black cherry soda. Oh, that sounds good. Ooh. That does sound really good. I'm usually a big fan of black cherry, and it's no different. I'm a fan. It's it's fine. <laughs> it's lovely it's just lovely. i'm more excited about this than you are i'm like black cherry soda i thought about taking my asi into decks to boost my ac just by one but i'm also pretty tanky so then i was like well what feats are there and there was this new feat called practice expert from unearthed arcana and i talked to lauren and she allowed me to do it which it lets me increase an ability score by one I get proficiency with a skill of my choice and a one of the ones that i'm proficient with i get expertise in so, 
I've been reading the tenets, or Carlton's been reading the tenets of Bay and Myliki and has increased his wisdom by one, which was an odd score, so now it's an even score, so it goes up. So I now have another modifier in my wisdom because we all know how great Carlton is at wisdom. I then chose, I was inspired by that play where Sherlock Holmes and John Watson played the detective duo Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Mm. So I figured I could be the Martin Freeman to Travancore's uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. That's perfect. And I took investigation as my new skill, and then I became super perceptive around my surroundings, and I'm now an expertise at perception. Nice. You're going to say that you learned healing spells and are now a doctor. <laughs> doctor, 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 doctor. I mean, there is that healer feat. It's, it's not spells. It's a kit, but you never, you never know when someone's going to be like, I need to heal stuff. But now my passive perception is a 23, so... Carlton can finally be that sentinel that he needs to be and keep an eye out for vigilance. He was pretty sentinel-y beforehand, but this just this just helps a lot. Jonathan, what are you drinking and what was your level up? Hey, this is Jonathan and I play Jonathan the Metamuscular. And tonight, you know, uh, Jack was talking about not being picky. We're, we're going we're gonna to up the not pickiness. This is an Oakley Vineyards Moscato. It was like $4. I used it to make... Uh, mushroom risotto uh, the other Ooh. day and I'm going to finish the rest of it now so wait the whole bottle no oh, well it's missing oh, yeah, look it's missing a bit that went into the Moscato and uh, it's not missing enough for me to be worried about then, you though <laughs> and then there's you know there's there's a little bit left uh, it'll be fine. it's fine I, I took a couple of sips while I was uh, making the Moscato anyway also since this is a four dollar Moscato it's not getting a glass it's being drank out the bottle Oh, you're so classy. You're just a classy, classy gentleman. I love classy you so much. Man. All right. And how about the Meji Muscular? Well, uh, the shot of Fireball to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball or the equivalent spell thereof is dedicated to all of you for making it to October 2020. Congratulations. Let's finish this out. Let us survive let to us, the end of this year. Let's get, get out of here. Uh, but uh, Jonathan the Meji Muscular, uh, he's been inspired by his mentor and he's continuing his studies of teleportation and he's kind of got the short of it in misty step and he's got the very very long of it in plane shift and uh and just teleport but he doesn't have the middle he now has the middle in dimension door he almost with went, went with thunderstep because that sounded fun but now we're just going to do the, the slightly lower level. So uh, he got to Mention Door, and then he got a pie in the sky spell that he cannot nearly afford, but he figured, eh, he might as well take a high level spell just to learn. Uh, he took Simulacrum. And we had a very interesting discussion right before the show when we yes, were talking we about that, where I said, and what's going to happen when your Simulacrum dies? Does the Simulacrum have a soul? Does this unit have a soul? Uh, we don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. That will be an interesting moment to find out. But uh, obviously he took another level in wizard. He's now a 16th level wizard. And he is at the level where he can see those 9th level spells are just, just right over there. He just needs to needs to survive just a, a little bit longer. I'm sure it'll be fine. It's just the Isle of Dread. Bernie, what are you drinking? And what did you level up? All right. So I have a... I, I bought this because a it's an amber lager. 
love Amber Lager, but also because it's got a great label. It's got this squirrel on it. It's Aww. the Hop City Brewing Company Barking Squirrel Amber Lager. Steven's, I, I don't know if I've told you guys this. So when I buy a beer, like I go and I buy for like, like a month because I'm not trying to be in a store longer than I have to be, even with a mask on. But I also, every beer I buy to taste here, I also get one for Steven. So he's already had his and he really liked it. So I'm very excited. Hmm. Oh no, there's foam. Oh hmm. my. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. It, Fun fact, oh the no. squirrel on there looks like the uh, the main character from The Nut Job, as played by, I want to say, Bojack Horseman actor Will something, Will Arnett. Well, I trust you. This got really, really Was bony. Will Arnett the squirrel or wa- was it uh, Steve Carroll? I think it was Will F- Will Arnett. Let's uh, let's Google it's it. It's as if we have a. I'll give you a topic a to discuss. Was it Jarb. Will Arnett or the other guy, Steve Carell? All right, good. I've cleaned up the mess. Yep, it was uh, it's Will Arnett. Ooh. Hey, and how's the beer? Oh, that's really good. Oh, that's just. <laughs> I'm sorry. The rest of you are drinking whatever you consider to be mediocre, but <laughs> that's a very good beer. It's just I like amber lagers. They feel. Like in the, I like to drink things seasonally, like in the summer, like I love goes and I love very light things, but oh, the amber lager feels like fall and it's, we're recording this on the first day of October. Ah, it just makes me feel really good. Good. You know what also feels really good? Leveling up. What'd Bernie take? Uh, so Bernie woke up cuter. Her eyelashes (laughs) are a little longer. We live in a world of magic, Lauren. I just wasn't expecting you to put it that way because charisma can mean a lot of things, not just physical attractiveness. So. I, I, didn't, I think I, I like to imagine that a lot of a lot of the strength that is in Barney's charisma is in she is small and very cute. And so she her presence is unthreatening at first. And so she, it's very easy for her to convince people of things because if this adorable little gnome is saying it how could it possibly be bad uh her eyes are a little bigger not like not like like creepy bigger but it's like you know like when <laughs> bernie has gained the ability to stare at you like your dog stares at you. she's been there slightly more disneyfied she yeah she's like slowly she's got that like she's like slightly more dis- disneyfied and uh so basically what i'm saying is i i took my ability score and I up to my charisma. Uh, my personal ability to speak has obviously not improved, <laughs> <laughs> but hers has. So this is where I'm going to ask everyone to hold my hand and imagine with me. <laughs> That's half the fun. This is why every once in a while we roll dice so that we don't have to be, you know, the barbarian. We can just roll dice and then be like, look, I'm a barbarian. Yeah, Bernie Bernie like stretches in bed and she's like, ah, and there's like birds singing. And she's like, good morning, everyone. And everybody's very uncomfortable with this. Very so no, uncomfortable. No parents talks to animals on an epic quest. Is Bernie a Disney princess? And has a dog companion. Has a has an animal companion. I she that's she could be. I except Bernie doesn't believe in um monarchies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be a, a, a ruling monarchy. It can be, you know, you could be the, the British monarchy, which is kind of just there to have fun. Well, for sure. You could you could be a Disney princess and where you're literally just there to enjoy life in a Disney castle. Also they take You diamonds. could be Moana. Just getting on the record saying that. They take diamonds. Give it back. 
<laughs> All these thoughts go through she your head sing. as you wake up in the morning. Not every Disney princess needs to be able to sing. Oh, in a quiet village. <laughs> every day, like the one before. You are all serenaded sound. awake by the Bert, sound of Bernie, who is enjoying her new charisma hood. You don't exactly know why she suddenly decided to become a bard. You've always known, you know, well, with her fascination with the instruments that she had it in here. But this very overt decision to suddenly sing as as you all wake up in the morning after a long rest, enjoying your your first night in this fairly nice town on the Isle of Dread. And <laughs> you can hear birds outside the window off in the distance. They, they seem to be normal birds. You hear the vague bustling of what would be a normal town, enjoying the, the morning activities. There is light outside, even though you still cannot see a sun. And you can feel the, the town just coming to life around you as though it's the appropriate time to get up what would you like to do so bucks as soon as he he sees bernie fails a saving throw somehow and is compelled to sit on her shoulder and he just he sits he looks a little puzzled but then he settles in and just like adjusts bernie will reach up and do that thing who you kind of like squiggle a little finger in the middle of their forehead he uh he like squishes his eyes closed and he's like Brain mm-hmm. says that's right. Jonathan the Muscular, however, has a different mission. Where's where's Carlton? Well, you're all in the same room. This oh, is kind right. of a, a, you're in a you're in the kind of a, a lar- large yurt. Carlton is like spread out like bed, like all rumpled, just like one foot hanging off. So inspired by a play he saw when he was a kid. He takes his hand and puts it on the side of his face and goes, my mind to your mind, my thoughts to your thoughts. But he says it in in Draconic, which sounds like Klingon, which doesn't at all sound like the peaceful blessing of a Vulcan mind meld and cast Mind Blake that way today. (laughs) Go back to sleep, buddy. Okay. Sir, weird words. Well, Travancore understands Draconic, so he's like, those are weird words, but okay. I'm not the wizard here. I think, correct my memory, but I think what we agreed on yesterday was that we're going to hang out for a bit. Jonathan's going to take either letters or people back. It's kind of up to you. I mean, that was something you talked about, but, you know. I think what we were going to do is we are going to try and we're going to let people know. I think what we were going to do is we were going to go complete our mission and then... Say, hey, we're going to take people back. I think we were going to save all the potential ferrying people back talk to when we finished all of our dangerous business on the in the island. Because I think actually Travancore was the one who pointed out that if Jonathan the Metromuscular dies, then... Well, I thought that was the reason to do this the stuff first. That way they don't lose their chance to, to communicate with the outside world. Because if we're dead... Then the few people we've told, it kind of is false hope for them. Right. But yeah. at the same time, we got stuff to do. And and my eighth, my that spell slot could be used for offensive purposes rather than ferrying people back and forth. We've got a place to rest. It's a safe place. And our first mission isn't even to deal with the dragon. It's to go clear a teleportation circle. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Because if, if we get done... 
and the ferrying starts, y'all don't have to be here for that. It's true. It's true. All right. Yeah. So let's do the the important bit first. Jonathan the Metamuscular like, stretches, does some push-ups. All right. Is there anything else you would like to do or are you headed to a volcano? I mean, you have a map that Abex gave you, so you have a vague idea of where to go, but it's kind of up to you how you would like to get there, if you want to talk to anybody before you leave, if there's any other preparations yeah, you want to make. Let's talk to a scout, maybe? Maybe, and just kind of get a... Because, like, didn't we... We talked to... Hang on. Did we already talk to a scout? I was just going to say, we talked to uh, the welcoming turtle, we talked to the uh, visitor center turtle, and we talked to Jonathan's friend and her wife. Yeah. And which raised further questions. Yeah, okay. did. I, yeah, let's go ahead and and ask around and see if we can get literally a lay of the land, uh, at least in the direction of the teleportation circle. And then let's head, start heading out there today. This works for me. Same. Okay. Are you looking for anyone in specific to talk to? Are you... Welcoming Committee Turtle would probably have an idea of who to talk to. I know it's not her name, but now that Traffic Corps called her Welcoming Committee Turtle, I like that better. Her her name's Baca. Yeah, Baca. Her name is Baca. You do know uh, where her hut is, where that, that Welcoming Committee hut is. So <laughs> you can definitely head off in that direction if that's what you'd like. She the Welcome Shell or the Welcome Wagon? Are other birds, like, starting to land on you, princess I, style? I don't know. Would the DM like me to roll a charisma? What's your charisma now again? It's a plus three. So 16. You, 16. you are objectively more charismatic, but you are not quite at the point yet in where you're at epic levels of calling the birds down to you, I would say. We're not quite there yet. You've you've got your nat your twenty in a another skill that gives you that force of will, I should say. But no, I mean you've been able to woo Bucks, which is already a pretty impressive feat considering Bucks is already attached to a Disney princess. Bucks was going to if another if other birds started showing up, he was going to help himself to some breakfast. <laughs> oh no! I like that. Can I please roll for that? She's gonna. You know how like when um in Snow White where she's like singing at the well and she's like oh, oh, oh. like I feel like I should get to roll to call the birds down. Then I want <laughs> I want an bucks. animal handling check. Not a charisma check. That's that's what it is. You're trying to woo birds. That's true. You're trying to woo wild birds. All right, my animal handling is actually quite good because it is based in wisdom. It mm. is. So we'll see. We'll see. I This is like, does Barney have any notion that this is what Bucks wants out of this? He's not in a call yet, so probably not. That's a 17. You have to make a little bit of a trip to the wall uh, because there are there don't doesn't seem to be any wild birds just around. But about two or three minutes in the opposite direction of Baca's hut, there is the wall that surrounds the town that separates it from the wilds of the jungle. And as you approach, you can see people once again patrolling the wall. Everything seems to be kind of a, a nice morning and you hear birds out in the trees. And while you don't recognize the specific birds they are songbirds they're they're singing just like a robin or you know a, a bluebird or any other kind of just regular bird and so you you start to whistle and imitate the calls and while you don't call a bird to you you do see 
it almost kind of looks like a tiny little bird of paradise. It's it's a it's very small. It's almost finch size, but it's in these ostentatious yellows and oranges. You're kind of surprised you didn't see this bird before. It's small, but it is it is a sunrise of color. And it comes out onto a branch to see what is mimicking its own call. Now, if Bucks would like to make an attack roll in order to try to nab the thing, he certainly can. But the bird is not necessarily going to come and sit on Bernie's shoulder. Because there is a predator on my shoulder, I guess, is probably part of the reason. There's that. There is, you are in the town. The, the, it is, these are wild birds. And so there is only so much calling you can do to convince them, especially since you weren't holding any food or there's, you know, there, there would be a lot of wooing involved. You did well enough in order to uh, make this bird be visible. And what a Bucks roll. <laughs> he rolled a five. So he, I would presume he, he takes off and flies toward where the bird is completely conspicuous. Like it's not a good enough attack to even like get be stealthy. And the bird does the bird call equivalent of, Oh shit. And flies away before Bucks can get to it. Bucks goes diving after this bird and Bucks is super fast, but this bird is faster and sees Bucks coming a mile away. And despite the fact that once again, this, this little finch sized creature is brightly colored, the density of the jungle is thick enough that it is gone in a flash. And you watch a flurry of feathers and one or two leaves go flying and then Bucks swoops back out, obviously upset. He lands and if if an owl could could pout, like with his beak and such, like if you could make a p- little pouty beak, he would. Braces, Bucks, Bucks, where are you going to eat that bird? I would like Bucks to roll a perception check. Is it sight-based? Uh, this will be, yes. Uh, that's going to be a 22. He missed his target, and then he was kind of slowly flying back to go land on Bernie's shoulder. And when he failed his attack... A lot of the creatures around had gone quiet. Obviously, there there has been a predatory strike. And so uh, a lot of the songbirds in this area have gone quiet. Everything kind of went a little still. And he noticed there was another creature in that tree. Yeah, those two eyes, those were snake eyes. That was a big snake. She transmits that to Jonathan the Magic Muscular. And like, because Jonathan the Metromuscular has not been paying attention to this. Like, he is talking to uh, to Travancore and, and trying to and to Carlton to try and figure out, like, okay, we're we're gonna go see Baca. Okay, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Let's and we're walking that way. And he he noticed that Bucks flew over to Bernie. He's like, wow, Bernie's some 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 different today. Maybe it's Maybelline. Who knows? Uh, I don't even know what Maybelline is. Maybe I'm bored with it. And so he just kind of kept walking and figured Bucks knew what he was doing. So all of a sudden he gets a image of like an exaggerated like tree with snaky eyes and a snake head. And it's like, shit. Hey, Bernie, is it is Bucks okay? <sighs> Other than abusing power, he's fine. What do you mean? Nothing. Okay. But according to Bucks, there's uh there be big snakes out there, so we'll be careful. Wait, where? I don't see any where snakes. Can Bernie do a perception check to see if she sees? Sure. It's gonna be a little harder for you because you weren't in the tree, but 
Buck stands on your shoulder with one claw and points in the general direction with you. No, he points a wing. He's... That's better. I also, that's 21. You think you see the outline of something? Yeah. You can't quite tell, but yeah, you think there might be a very large, I mean, if that's a snake, it's really big. It's like you-sized. Like it could just unhinge its jaw and swallow her whole. Yeah. And so maybe you're just not seeing this correctly. Maybe, you know, some of the foliage is getting in the way because this thing is like anaconda could eat Bernie. So eh, maybe, maybe Bucks didn't. But you do see an outline of something. So you said there's people patrolling the walls, right? Yes. Are there any of them nearby? One is coming your way. You could you could wave one down. Sure. Yeah, she's going to wave one of the guards down. Okay. As a lanky human in very simple but well-kept for what actually kind of looks like hunting gear, holding a, a short bow uh, at their side at what you can imagine is the ready, but not looking actively worried, uh, kind of tousled, dark brown hair, brown eyes, kind of, smiles and waves at you and trots in over and says hey I, I, you're the the new people right hi hi yeah, uh, hi Jason, nice to meet you can i help you with something yeah so can i have a question uh when it comes to the uh flora and the fauna outside of these walls are you, you all sort of a live and let live kind of situation or are you more of a hey if it's really close to the wall i want to kill it because it's gonna come on in most of the stuff that's gonna come on in doesn't wait so we usually have to shoot it, but that's pretty rare. It's it's a, I'd say live and let live, except of course every once in a while, T Rex comes along and tries to eat us, or you know we got hunt hunting parties that go out there. So okay, so like giant snakes, not a big deal. Well, they're a big deal, but probably not going to get in the walls. Oh, one or two have gotten in in the middle of the night. The one in that tree over there and Bernie points. She's like, that's not something you're worried about, right? He squints. He looks. I don't see it. Can Bernie, like, help him? No, but you can tell he believes you. It's, he looks, it's just obvious that he doesn't see it. He kind of squints and he's like, well, I mean, they sometimes get close, but the only time that they've ever tried to get into the town is in the middle of the night, and mostly they're they're mostly a nuisance because they're, I mean, they're dangerous because they're so big, but I don't think you gotta worry about it in the middle of the day. I mean, unless you're gonna go up into the trees. Are you planning on going to the trees? Then I'd say be worried. Well, no, not in the moment. Eh, then you're fine. Okay. And Bernie's gonna gonna look at the tree, and she's gonna put two fingers in front of her eyes, and then stick those two fingers <laughs> at the tree, and just like kind of go back and forth, and then she's gonna walk away. She'd say, "It's nice meeting you," and while she's doing this, bye. As uh as you do that, Bucks is sitting on your shoulder. He scoots a little closer to your head, and like like leans against it because big big snake could eat tiny little bucks. Bernie looks at Bucks and said, today we learned there's always a bigger predator. <laughs> Bucks, like, nods, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't even think I could bring you back from that thing's stomach. <laughs> uh, but Jonathan can. 
All right. The rest of you, while this has been going on, have been making your way over to Baca's uh, hut. And were you going to wait for Bernie or were you going to kind of go on ahead and she's going to catch up? I think she'll catch up. I'll wait for Bernie. Yeah, we get there. We realize that they're not there. It's like, oh, well, we see her talking to the guard. Okay. Takes a few moments and she comes trotting on up with Bucks. Everything okay? Oh, just, you know, the usual big giant. Are snakes reptiles? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Big giant reptile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one you told me about. Yeah. Bucks made it look real scary. I don't. I don't know if that was him exaggerating or. Uh... No exaggeration. Oh, okay, good, cool. Hey guys, there's big ass snakes out there. Is that great? Is that great? You got a problem with snakes, Jonathan? No, I'm just. I. I. Jonathan the Magimuscular doesn't want to get eaten. Even though Jonathan the Magimuscular doesn't fancy himself as a particularly tender piece, because these are a little tough, and he flexes. Yeah, I still, John Magic Muscular doesn't want to get eaten. No, neither do I, and I'm much smaller than you and would probably go down a lot quicker. I'm pretty sure if that thing unhinged its jaw, it's just one bite and I'm done. Well, thankfully, since we're both uh, pretty powerful spellcasters, I think we could blast our way out. And Jonathan Magic Muscular holds his uh, fist out for Bernie. Bernie will give it a little fist bump and then go, like you do. <laughs> That's our enemies exploding. What <laughs> are you fucking explained? <laughs> All right. Speaking of, <laughs> so are you heading on into Marcus? Yeah, yeah, I am. I don't know what this is. <laughs> really, fist bump and explode is something no one knows. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams in a single grand adventure. And it is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Silver and Steel, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on October 25th at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. J-I-M-P-P-A-N-G-T-O-A-D So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got for your champions. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. Do you knock or do you just walk on in? I'm going to walk on in. Okay. what's um, What's the protocol? You don't know. And so Travancore... Walks on in, opens the door. Uh, you find your your recently met friend, Baka the Tortle, sitting on uh, one of the pillows. She has, it looks like she's curled up as much as a tortle can be around a stack of books. So she's kind of lying on her side and there's a, a stack of books where her stomach would be. And there's, there are three or four big, thick tomes, and she's got another one leaned up against that, and she is snoring softly, cool. as you see. Travancore feels bad. He's going to go back out. He's going to knock. Okay. You knock. There's a, a quiet moment, and then you hear, uh, Coming! Give me just a moment! And you hear some shuffling. When Travancore hears the shuffling subside, he'll walk on in. Okay. 
So when you hear the shuffling subside, you open up the door, what you find is that she has risen and has just moved off of the the stack of pillows because i don't know if you remember but the the floor of this of the front of this place is basically just giant pillows like sumos to lay on and so what you would heard as the end of wrestling is her getting to the end of those pillows and finally making it to the bits of hardwood floor before the door so you open and she is right there oh hi uh travancore correct that's right baka how are you good morning I'm doing good. It's good to see you all uh, so soon. Come on, more questions, I assume. Come on in. She waves you on in. The stack of books you saw is still there. The one's still leaning up. It looks like when you woke her up, she basically just stood up and was coming towards the door. So we were able to procure a map, which gave us uh, a great deal of help. Do you know of anyone in terms of trackers or scouts or anyone who would be well qualified for for that kind of uh, task? Well, there's quite a few people who are used to going out into the the forest and the jungle, for sure. We have uh, hunting parties and a couple of scouting parties, but we, we tend to be careful. We try not to antagonize the jungle too much. The more you go in there, the greater the danger that something big is going to come along and want to eat you. And the, the animals around here are pretty vicious, but we've, we've got a couple, especially in the, the immediate vicinity... You said that you were looking to go to the volcano and then eventually to the to the big dragon, right? That's right. <sighs> I don't think we'd be doing that right away. I think the first thing we want to do is uh, the teleportation circle. That's near the volcano, right? Or is that a separate thing? So what you know, what Jonathan was able to figure out was from the letter he was given that was the instructions left behind was just that there was a teleportation circle at the volcano, but something about needing to clear out the inhabitants. So you don't really know much except for that. And you know vaguely where the volcano is thanks to Abex's map. I think the volcano is our first stop then. I don't know if I know anyone who would go that far. That area of the island is pretty dangerous. The volcano is constantly erupting or erupting. Well, what about someone? Erupting. I don't mean to keep interrupting. I'm sorry. That's okay. It keeps erupting. And so you might as well interrupt my erupting. (laughs) (laughs) Travancore laughs like a belly laugh. (laughs) Wow. That tickled me. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) I like you. You're very funny. But yeah, it is. It's it's a very dangerous place. It's there is always lava coming out of that thing going right into the ocean. You would think that there'd be a whole other island connected to us. But there's also the question about how deep the ocean goes. So I guess it's going to take a while. But it's it's not a nice place to be. There's no game there. There's, as far as we know, never been a reason to go. So most of us avoid the whole section of the island. So is the island big enough that the erupting and erupting and erupting and erupting doesn't harm the village? Not only is it big enough, but I I say erupting, but it's not like big, big booms. It's It's just kind of constant gentle lava and a little bit of smoke but that whole area is all sulfurous and the land around there is all dead and it's 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 a good two three days travel so it's far enough away every once in a while the wind changes direction and we get a whole big snot full of sulfur oh so travicor will ask uh, whether there is any honey party that comes 
anywhere near there, the closest would be, or whether I think Travancore's thought process he's thinking in his mind is that if he finds a hunting party that's going in kind of that direction, they could start off with them together so there's safety in numbers, and then break off separately down that path. Well, uh, you probably want to talk to Quat. He's the guy who's in charge of most of the hunting parties, and he's also the person who's would be most comfortable leading people around. So if there's going to be anybody who would be willing to take you, he'd probably take you himself. Quat. Thank you so much, Baka. Much appreciated. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, be safe when you go out to that side of the island. As I said, it's a stinker. Hmm. I've dealt with sulfur. I've dealt with death. Both at the same time, now come to think of it. Well, and hopefully you will deal with them again, and you'll survive this, and you'll deal with it again. It seems like that's the lot of those of you who do these adventurous things, but I get to read about them in the books, so I'm happy. And Travancore just crosses his fingers and smiles. Um, she gives you some basic directions to the, what she calls the Huntmaster's Lodge, but it ends up, when you go there, it's, it's, not as impressive as a lodge. It seems like it is just a large building on the edge of town, and it's actually close to the water. It's just on the edge of where the grass has started to subside and the, the rocks and the sand are picking up. And you head on over there and you see it. It's, it's a small squat building. This one's made of stone. This isn't some of the, the more natural uh, pulled from the the forest type of housing. It is very utilitarian. There's nothing closing off the windows or the door. It's it's completely open to the elements. And so as you walk around to where the door is, which is facing the ocean, you see it's a one-room hut, essentially, with a couple of chairs and a table. And inside are two figures. Uh, there is a a tabaxi sitting on a chair in front of one of the tables, shuffling through some paperwork, uh, a gray and black furred tabaxi with one ear kind of half bitten off and big yellow eyes. He's wearing what looks like some uh, fairly extensive leather almost armor, but it's kind of a, a bits of piecemeal. So it looks like it might be a little less of armor and a little more for just keeping himself covered, especially in the undergrowth. And he's currently looking through a bunch of papers and in front of him is a human, a human woman, a bright red curly hair, a very nice what looks like green flowing dress. And she is in the process of holding out to him, kind of looks like a kumquat. And the tabaxi says, I have already eaten. I told you, Maeve, I will have lunch later. And the woman, Maeve, says, I know you. You're going to get hungry and you're going to forget. Just take, just take the kumquat. Just take it. And the tabaxi rolls his eyes and takes the kumquat and puts it down like, like he's putting it on top of a stack of papers as though it's a paperweight. And he says, all right, I have done what you asked, love. Now, please let me work. And she nods and turns around and kind of sees all of you and waves and says, oh, hi, excuse me, and leaves. And 
the tabaxi looks at all of you and says, Yes, come, come, you are the newcomers, I suspect. I I hear you are powerful people. You want to join the hunt? Well, we have some questions, actually. Are, are Am I speaking with Guad? Yes. Well, that's what I'm asking him. Oh. Bernie wants to do a, a, a um insight check to see if they're a couple. Oh, you don't need to do an insight check. He called her love. Yeah, that's why I thought Julia once <laughs> would now like to know. I think all of your passives would pick up what you witnessed was a long-term couple having a, we've been through this a million times and this will be the millionth and first time, just take the kumquat. Like, this is not the first time that this has happened. All of you can very could very clearly feel this was, um, these are a couple who love each other, but we're in the middle of having this minor argument about a kumquat. You mean adorable argument. Very cute argument. Do you think very their cute. kids look like, like, you know, what, like, you know how there's lots of people out there that dress up with just the ears and the tail? Yes. I think that's what comes out of this relationship. I think maybe anybody who's ever felt that need maybe you're just half of a tabaxi <laughs> i think in my mind bojack horseman rules apply where they come out either entirely human or entirely anthropomorphic animal we talked about this last time i know but you once again put me in a situation where i almost had bernie look up at carl actually no she's gonna do this very discreetly she's gonna pull a tug on carlton's shirt and pull him down and she's gonna whisper in his ear she goes how do you think that works with love. Best answer. Damn it, best Carl. answer. I will say. <laughs> God damn it, Carlton. <laughs> all of you, all of your characters know of couples. That's who true. <laughs> are of mixed origins. And you do know that every every couple, no matter where they come from, they have their uh, their strengths and their weaknesses and their things they got to work out between them. You've walked on in, you've been greeted by this gray and black furred tabaxi who has obviously recognized that you are the new people in in the town and is asking if you would like to, are you interested in joining the hunts? Oh, potentially yes. for a spell. We, we do have other business on the island, but we thought to ourselves, who would know the island, the layout of the land better than, than the hunters? Ah, I'd like to think that I am familiar with most of the southern portion of the island. I do not go north. There is nothing there but death. But if you are interested in joining and helping and keeping us fed and uh, the area around the town clear, then I am always happy to see new faces. Some of you are obviously physically capable, and I assume from your dress some of you have... Other means of protecting yourselves? Are you... Yeah, I just get really mad, and my rage keeps me protected. <laughs> ah, the warmth of the inner fire. I know those who, who use that. Yes, as long as you do not let it get away from you, you will be good. So what are you interested in hunting? Or you said you had other business? So there is a magical place a specific place in the volcano uh that we were given some knowledge about and uh we want to try and clear that out of whatever is living in that area the 
goal of that is one, get a little bit of a of a feel for the island. You know, maybe maybe help out the the uh, the town in that way, but also to facilitate uh, travel between this island, specifically here in the plane of water and the material plane. That is very interesting. I can help you with some of that because there, unless you go north of the volcano, there is nothing. It is barren and death. There is nothing to clear out. There is no going into a volcano. All inside a volcano is just, I would imagine, fire and lava. That is all that ever comes out all the time. Smells awful. Gets into my fur. So Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to produce his recreation of the letter in his spell book. So he's going to pop out his spell book and be like, oh, one second. He's going to turn to the back to where he made that, the image of the uh, of the letter. And he's going to be like, Baca had a letter that was from one of the previous ships. And it mentions this this teleportation circle in there. And he shows it to uh, to Quat. And he takes a look and he says, that may be true, but I do not know of any creatures that live inside unless they are made of fire and lava. And even then, it would be so inhospitable. It is constantly pouring out fire and death. There is nothing there that is worth a hunt, that is worth a time. If you want to find this magic portal it may in fact be there is it possible you need to fight the volcano we're not sure yet the the letter was a little vague wait did you just say fight the volcano yes i will fight a volcano this thing no carl he no he gives you an appraising look and says no i think you might have a chance my friend Hang you on. are going to need better shoes a volcano you know some Carlton, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> Jonathan the Magimuscular has a thought. So we have the this notes the runes, right? Like the letter notes what the runes are. Yes. So we could just teleportation circle there. I know the runes. It's a circle. But what Quad has just told me gives me pause because it's possible that we're where this was when the letter was written was just fine, but it might be in a chamber that is now filled with lava or magma. Magma? Lava? Carlton, which one is it? It's both. Okay. I think it's magma if it's from the magma region of the volcano. Otherwise, it's sparkling lava. <laughs> <laughs> I love you and I hate you so much. Okay. That was really good. That, I was, that was great. <laughs> So, Jonathan, you know with Teleportation Circle, which would essentially be the spell that you'd be using. So you could cast Teleportation Circle and go to this circle. You have to assume that this is a permanent circle that you have the glyphs to. You know any creature that enters the portal instantly appears within five feet of the destination circle or in the nearest unoccupied space if that space is occupied. So... You are unsure if magma lava would co constitute Occupy, but you think it might. And so there's a good chance if you were to go there and there was no space to 
uh, for you to appear in, it would continue to shunt you to the nearest unoccupied space. Oh, dear. Now, that could be treacherous for all the reasons I probably do not have to explain to you. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. So, given this information now, and Quat has lent lent his expertise, do we want to try to just teleport in and maybe work our way back? Because Jonathan Magic Muscular has teleport now, so I can just get us back here. But I thought it would shunt us to an unoccupied space and that would be bad news bears. If it's filled with lava. It could still be bad news bears depending on where that unoccupied space is. Yeah, that's what or I was thinking. Or it could thinking. be fine. It doesn't say safe space. It says unoccupied space. Right. Which Jonathan knows. And we can do the teleportation circle anywhere. So we just, we could check out the site and then decide, oh, there's not really all that much lava around. Let's give it a shot. Or we can we can search for like an opening or a chamber or something. I'm just think, I'm just wondering how safe one is. Like like if the only way to get to this chamber is like into the volcano and into a lava tube, then that possibly could be treacherous. And then if we get ourselves in there and it's like, well, there's no way out, we can just uh, say, "Oh well," and Jonathan Magmus going to just get us back here. Hmm. What if we get there and we have Travancore cast Pass Without Trace on us and we just sneak past the lava? That's not how that, that works. Is definitely That's not how that works. An idea. That's an idea. Don't coddle him. That's not how that works. You know you can't sneak past what? what? I Carlton, lava is not a sentient being. I know. But imagine if we could. I am inspired by your optimism. I am inspired by his gumption. I want to see you sneak past lava and fight Volcano. This is amusing and Please exciting. Stop encouraging Part of me him. thinks it's worthwhile to, to do the, the traditional way so that we have an, an idea of what's out here in terms of if we teleport out there and we do get something, then we have no idea what's waiting for us on the way back. Okay. And and yeah, we, we, we have the opportunity to make the creatures of the forest afraid of us. That's how that works, right? Yes, that is how that works. When you go to a new island, you find the biggest, baddest thing and punch <laughs> it in the nose. <laughs> well, that would be the dragon. And if not the dragon, then the rock. And if not the rock, then one of the water elementals. And if not one of the water, it's hard to punch them. They just turn to water. But uh, you can usually talk to them. Uh, and then some of the elemental dinosaurs, some of them get very big and ordinary. On this list, where does sea dragon children fall? To see dragon children? Like, how big? About, yay, big. I described the, the ones that we killed. Oh, those are young. Everything I just list, below that. But still pretty dangerous. I would not want to tangle with them very often, no. Oh Especially my gosh. not me. I am more, I am more hunter in uh, forest. I send people out to go onto the water. I do not like to be cliche, but I do not like to swim. Travancore trades his pirate costume for a pith helmet for a very problematic safari. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! No, we're not going there. No. <laughs> yeah, this is a real nice colony here. What about uh, <laughs> I murder the beast with my bundabus, which is the way that things are murdered? It's like a gift just then. 
I mean, you know, Jonathan the Mad Muscular kind of has has an elephant gun in each of these. Pow, pow. Yeah, I just listened to the Dangerous Live episode where they do it to the safari. I would just like to point out that Heart of Darkness, while racist, which is something we know, it's okay to also say it's bad and boring. It's bad and boring. Yeah. And if the only reason, and if you're not going to talk about colonialism and racism, why are you making your students read it? Well, the positive side of all of this is that this has nothing to do with colonialism. This this is all of you looking for a harp. And uh, the one of the, the people who uh, you've come to talk to is just as excited about going on a giant hunt as you are. Just going to leave you with two words. Neddy Okorafor, African futurist. Google it. Yeah. Two ends. All the Googles. So, Quat, you want to come with us to, you know, throughout, like, go to the volcano? Quat's eyes get really large and he gets obviously excited. You can feel the, the his breath quicken a little bit. And he says, I have wanted to go. It has been uh, a dream to go see and try. And test my claws, but I have responsibilities here to my hunters, to my mate. And so I do not think I am ready to go fight a volcano and a dragon. However, if you think you need to be guided here to find a place that could help you bring us in contact with those back on the other plane then I think it would be my honor to help you. And then if I happen to fight a volcano and you do not tell my mate that it happened, then I think that would be fine. If we were just attacked by a volcano, I would have to defend myself. Oh, naturally. Naturally. Yeah, that's self-defense. We would never provoke a fight with a volcano. Absolutely not. And Bernie's not. looking directly at Carlton. And I would never jump on top of a rock unprovoked unless it came after one of you first. And then, and then I would ride the beast. All we're saying is, if the volcano puts us in an us or, or it position, it has to be us, right? It just has to be. And by us, what we mean, and Bernie looks at the whole circle because she thinks you guys have gone insane, is we would be using our magical powers to get the fuck out. Right? Because oh. you can't fight a volcano. This is all some kind of weird joke that I don't understand. Maybe because I'm small? I don't know. You can't fight a volcano, guys. What's wrong with, <laughs> what's wrong with everyone here? I want to make a Tom Hanks joke, but no one will get it. No, I remember One person that would get it. <laughs> I would get it. Three people would get it. Those of us in this room. I appreciate your candor and your caution. It is good to have both of those things when going into the jungle. Bernie's going to blink her eyelashes because she thinks that's how her charisma works. So when would you like to go? Well, Jonathan the Magic Muscular was thinking that we'd leave ASAP. We were going to talk to you and then head out. We're going to get supplies also. Is there anything you'd recommend we take with us? (laughs) Do you have food and water? Do you have the ability to defend yourself? Yep. Yep. Do you have ways of not being attacked by a volcano? Few. You know, yeah, basically, I I live in what I would call realities. (laughs) Do you have 
uh, equipment to camp in the wilderness, as this trip will be at least two days. Jonathan the Match Muscular double thumbs himself. We do. We do have it. Uh, there is nothing else here in this town that I can think of that you would need. I, I have all of those things, too. I will need to gather some of my own pack back at the house. Let my beloved know that I will be gone for an extended trip to not fight a volcano. And then we can be off. Sounds good. Very. Ex- we're all very excited. I am intrigued. I will be back. You stay here. And Quat gets up and takes the paperwork that was on the desk and kind of shuffles it into a pile, takes the kumquat, puts it on top of the entire pile, and quickly leaves. Bernie looks around and she says, Can I, I don't live, I didn't come from a land of volcanoes. Did I miss an entire... Why, why are we fighting it? Jonathan the Mad Muscular doesn't believe that we're going to have to challenge the volcano to a battle of honor. But... We may have to deal with it. Jonathan the Muscular, though, uh, did not come super prepared for that other than the running away. I vote run away. Everything I know about volcanoes says run. Yeah, Jonathan the Muscular doesn't have like wall of force or stone, stone shape, so you can't actually manipulate like, like, the volcano itself. I could make it worse, but it doesn't it has all the fire it needs. <laughs> Jonathan the Magimuscular is a tiny little drop in its ocean of fire. I just realized Bernie has earthquake and could theoretically <laughs> make the volcano attack anybody. You all have ways of making this volcano worse, for sure. I don't know if you have any ways of making it better, but that's totally up to you. Super runaway. <laughs> I reserve the right to run away screaming at any time. <laughs> well, you do know that uh, as far as Quat says, and, and from the map that Abex gave you, it is at least a two-day on-foot journey to the volcano. So you will have a chance to assumably long rest, and those of you who want to swap out spells for other things that would be more advantageous for being around the heat and the smoke of a volcano, you will have that chance. Quat is only gone for about 15 minutes. Is there anything any of you would like to do in that 15 minutes? Probably just store up on the basic rations that I would normally have. Yeah, you've all got a ton of rations and you came prepared. Uh, you came to the Isle of Dread prepared. So yeah, if you just kind of hang out, it's a very pleasant day. It's gotten clear. And so the sky is is filled with more puffy clouds than the the kind of the slate gray that was before there's a nice breeze off the ocean you can see a whole bunch of fishing boats have gone out today Uh, they're all tiny little like two-person sloops and they've only gone maybe a quarter of a mile it's not that far offshore but there's a whole host of them off fishing and it's it's just kind of a lovely tableau as you are looking and then eventually quat comes back a fairly significant backpack now secured on his back and a large quarterstaff in his hand that he is kind of using as a walking stick, but you all recognize this is also a finely crafted weapon. And he grins at you and says, I'll wait one more thing, and goes back into the building, grabs the paperwork, grabs the kumquat, 
puts the kumquat in his bag, puts the paperwork in the desk and says, We are ready to go. I have made sure that there are others who will take care of the hunting parties while I am gone. And there will be a party that will come looking for us if we are not back. In, I gave them four days, two days out, two days back. Uh, so that gives us some time. And shall we go? Let's go. Let's yeah. went. All right. Quat leads you back through the entire village to then go to the other side to a portion of the the wall that has a gate in it. And the wall, as you remember, uh, only comes up like chest-ish high. It's not a, a full giant city wall, but it's thick and it does have a built-in gate. He waves to one of the guards who uh, hauls up one of the, the giant logs holding it closed and pushes it open. And you see what looks like a fairly well-trod game trail leading off into the thick underbrush. And as he starts to lead you through, you hear the creaking of the gate behind you, the uh, the wood settling back into place. And Quat starts to talk as you are walking down through this path, this winding dirt path. It's a little muddy. Uh, you do notice he is not wearing any boots. Uh, he is, his his feet are just naturally out claws, gripping the ground, not seeming to be bothered by the fact that his, his legs are getting a little, a little muddy on this path. And he gives you a little bit, it almost feels tourist-like in this first five minutes of walking. He's pointing things out like he is taking you on a tour and not a trip through dangerous territory. And he motions around the the giant canopy of trees above you now uh, with hanging vegetation. It's thick. The humidity is starting to rise as you move your way through the jungle. And he points and says, oh, many birds. It's always good to listen for birds here. We know if the bigger dinosaurs are coming, if the birds stop, if they stop, then we stop. And if it is slow crashing, then probably something we just wait for it to go by. And if quick crashing, how good are you at climbing? Ooh, not. Then fighting. Then that will be dinner. So keep ears open uh, more than eyes. Looking around, as you see, there is very little. But listen for birds. Listen for trees. Listen for change. Feel change in in atmosphere. Then you know when something comes. I feel as if Travancore has a natural advantage when it comes to this. <laughs> is this one of your favorite terrain? Let's see. Favorite terrain. Yeah, what are your favorite terrains? We haven't looked at that in a while. Oh, here we go. Underdark, forest, and mountain. Yeah, well, this is forest. forest. Yeah. Yeah. Jungles are forest. Jungles are forest. Jungles are a type of forest. Absolutely. So, yes, everything he is talking about resonates with you. You, It's very jungle-specific, and your experience with dinosaurs is very limited, but the basics are all the same. He's pointing out some trees to climb and some not to, if you decide to climb. Um, surprisingly, many of the trees around here are very flexible, and so he points to some that you would think are very sturdy and says, no, not that fun. You just fall over it like it's uh, funny until eaten. No, go for the ones darker bark. Darker bark are good. Dig your 
Oh, you do not have claws. Oh, but Bear has claws. Yes. And he flicks his hand out and unleashes his claws as he points towards Shadow approvingly. And this litany keeps up for, as I said, about five, ten minutes as you are walking away. And then there's a moment in where you feel the ground beneath you change a little bit. It's still muddy, but now it is much less trod. The path itself, which was fairly wide, narrows a little bit more. The overgrowth seems to hang over the path now just as much as around you. And almost as though passing through an invisible curtain, you see Quat's stand up a little bit straighter. You feel him under his breath. <sighs> And now we be quiet and we listen. And from there he is silent. And he continues to move, kind of at a steady pace, nothing too fast. But the litany stops. Buck's on, still on Bernie's shoulder. Now his head is like turning slowly all the way around. And then turns back all the way around. Mm -hmm. And he's just... He's just looking. As you're moving through this game path, um, there's a couple points in where it splits and he consistently takes the left path. If you consider where the town was on the island on your map to be south, even though there's no sun here to really help pinpoint a north, south, east, or west. But if you consider that south, you've been going north, and he is starting to take you northwest. The canopy around you gets thicker, the humidity rises, and you can start to feel the, the wetness on your skin. The birds around you get louder, and now there's other mammals that are making noise and shaking some of the underbrush. It's all small stuff right now, but you, you hear it a little bit more of a cacophony than, than normal. So there's really no impetus to be stealthy, but it's it's a little unnerving. And every once in a while, you, you kind of hear a shout, maybe some animal getting attacked, maybe some animal calling out to something, you're, un, you're unsure. Everyone make me perception checks. Did anybody get over 15? Carlton did. Anybody else? Uh, Shadow did. Okay. And this is listening based, so Bucks is only going to get one roll, which ain't bad. Bucks gets a 16 with his okay, owl so ears. Bucks, Shadow, and Carlton all got over a 15? Okay. The <laughs> me and my animal buddies. <laughs> you and your animal buddies. The three of you unearingly off to the right here a snort and while it's not aggressive the quality of it and the size of it almost shakes the ground and so you can immediately tell the the three of the uh, three of you that this isn't just another loud animal somewhere in the forest this is something large shadow bristles a little bit bucks relays this to you jonathan and carlton you are free to do what you would like yeah i'll uh i'll be like hold up there, there's, there's something big over there. Quat stops immediately, and then you hear it again. And now that there's kind of this moment, and Carlton has pointed it out, you hear, <sighs> and Quat grins. And it's not predatory. It's kind of a, it's a little bit relieved and a little bit happy. And he says, oh, this is good. This is good. This is a good dinosaur to meet first. Come, 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 come. Quietly, so we don't startle them. And he leaves the path and slowly picks his way through the underbrush. 
17th to quietly follow. Sure. Uh, I'll do a stealth check as well. Yeah, yeah if you'd like to do stealth checks, that's fine. He is, yeah. You get the sense he's naturally graceful, so it's hard to tell whether he's being stealthy. He's just told you to be quiet. Oh, good. That's a two. <laughs> okay. Of natural things. Yeah, so Bernie got a two. Carlton, what'd you get? Carlton was a 17. And Jonathan? Uh, 19. Got and lucky. Shadow and Travancore. Shadow got a 13. Uh, Travancore got a 30. That's a natural 20. Drink! Yeah. Nice. Who's Travancore? Travancore disappeared from existence. Uh, I've disappeared from living memory. Quoth is not doing that good of a job staying stealthy himself because he is he's moving forward and then turning around and waving. Come, come, come. Uh, come, come, come. Birdie, you are a pile of tin cans. <laughs> it is, it, it, the underbrush sucks. You're having to climb over things that other people can just walk over. You are in heavy armor. It's miserable. You are tiny and the underbrush is thick. Fortunately, you only have to go about 10, 12 feet before uh, Quoth stops you and points. And another 10 or 15 feet through the underbrush, you can now see there is another one of these game paths, more naturally made. And walking along the game path are massive dinosaurs that some of you might have only ever heard of in uh, reading them about them in books or maybe hearing stories about them. I don't think any of you have ever seen these, but you see a creature easily the size of a small house, small head, long body in a, a sweeping tail, four giant elephant-like feet. The very uh, striking thing, though, is uh, starting on its head, leading back across its back are these massive spots. Bikes that turn into huge plates that just rise and rise, almost the size of its body, forming this ridge, almost a mountain of bony plate, just going back across and all the way down its tail. And it moves forward, lumbering a little bit. <sighs> the hide on this creature is a little bit like a lizard skin. But there's a, a strange greenish tint to it, and you all feel the hair on the back of your neck stand up. And yeah, I think all of you would notice this too. You notice Quoth, the fur is on end, but it's not that fear reaction of being scared. It's almost like static electricity. It's like the air has been charged. You almost think... If it wasn't for the fact that you don't see any clouds, lightning is about to strike. It's a strange kind of crackling in the air. It's uncomfortable and exciting at the same time. And this creature continues to lumber forward. It's like a lightning dinosaur. Bernie pulls on Travancore's uh, shirt and she says, Gas, gas, speak with animals. I want to pet it. Travancore like kind of looks over to Quoth. It's like, is it safe to talk to them? I don't know. I have never tried, but I would not touch them. It is uncomfortable. Travancore can't speak with animals. Okay. Let me look up something really quick. Warren, please let him talk to the dinosaur. I, I just gotta double check something real quick. Yeah, it's considered a beast. Okay. Um, You can't speak with animals, and then uh, what do you do? Oh, boy. Travancore says... 
but in the most gentle voice he can muster. Hello, friend. Are you saying this from where you all are in the the thicket right now? Yeah. Okay. The one that you've been watching kind of lazily moves its head to be peering in your direction. It hasn't stopped moving, but you can tell it's heard you. And as it continues forward, you see now in your field of view, a second one is coming. Larger, if this was at all possible. Same configuration, the giant spikes, the massive tail, the big elephant-like feet with claws. It looks over in your direction. Zup. <laughs> Zup. <laughs> Keeps moving. Oh, uh, before they leave or leave eyeshot, like I'll, I guess I'll ask. Do you, any of you know about the? What do you know about the volcano? The first one at this stops, and you watch as the plates on its back begin to glow, and what was kind of a, a dull greenish brown suddenly starts to emit this bluish white light and you hear the crackling of energy as little sparks come flying off the plates and kind of connect with each other and this this giant creature looks concerned and it looks back in your direction and it says death seems simple enough bernie you have anything else you have to ask can can ask, ask their names Tell them we say hello. Okay. Pardon my manners. My name is Travancore. What are your names? This, for whatever reason, seems to calm the creature down. You watch as the, the cackling electricity arcing between its uh, spikes stops, although the spikes continue to glow for a little bit, and it huffs, and you hear it say, Name? And the one behind it yells up to it and you hear it say move and those of you who don't have speak with animals on what you hear is this thing kind of roar it's this guttural noise that shakes the ground it's so loud and their chests while they're massive creatures are not that far from the ground and it's just this And the first one they've been talking to you, Travancore, kind of startles a little bit. And you see a spark on its tail, summoned like lightning, zap the one behind it in the nose. And the one behind it goes, ow. And the first one says, fine. And they start moving again. Sorry about that. Have a nice day. You get the sense they're not that smart. Mm. This actually, this is quite intriguing. But Jonathan the Magimuscular actually had a think and uh, is going to stop and cast Rary's Telepathic Bond to help help with the quiet. All right. Are you going to stay here watching these creatures for the next 10 minutes? Or do you want to uh, back away? Because as Travancore finishes his discussion... Quat had been watching intrigued but a little wary and once that's done he seems to be indicating that he wants to move back towards the the path we can move back okay he will usher you all back to the path as jonathan begins to cast rary's telepathic bond he will say so what did it say and and travancore will relay back the very involved deep conversation that he had with these uh dino type creatures 
It does not surprise me. They do not seem that smart. But when you can shoot lightning from your spikes, there's not much smart that is needed. But fascinating, no? Good to know, if nothing else. You have intel. They are beautiful creatures. Easy to avoid. That's why I like them. What is your friend doing? He's making all kinds of motions. Do we need to give him time? Can you do this while walking, Jonathan? No. We gotta <laughs> hang out here for like ten minutes. It'll be worth it. Well, no, 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 no. He can't do it while he's walking. And I pick up Jonathan <laughs> as he's doing his motions, and I carry him. All right, I need okay. an athletics check from Carlton. Yeah, that's not a problem. Well, this is this is to uh, carry him for the full ten minutes. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, Twenty-four. By the end, you're getting tired. And Quoth is asking questions. Uh, what is what? What is he doing? This is this is intricate and weird. Yeah, you get used to it. Well, so have you ever wanted to talk to somebody without having to actually speak out loud? All the time. I am Hunter. Being able to communicate over long distances without making noise would be advantageous. And not everyone knows sign language. Very true. Consider. Has it been ten minutes? Uh, not yet. It's been about six or seven. Jonathan the Metamuscular is still, he's still in the tracing runes in the air that, like, appear in, like, sort of sparky fire and then disappear. He's at that point. So it's, you, you've probably figured about 60% done. Well, in about four minutes, consider your wish granted. You all know sign language. We're working oh, on that oh, one. Talk to each other in our own heads. <laughs> oh, fascinating. Four minutes go by. Jonathan finishes the the incantation. Um, who are you inviting into the call? Uh, everyone in the team, plus the animals. All right. <laughs> You've really been the bulk it up there, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, bud. You know, it's the glutes. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of squats. I've been working on my form, trying to keep my knee behind my toes. Uh, I was doing mm. it wrong before, but uh, but yeah, knee behind toes. In your head, Quoth has joined the call and says, This is fascinating. Why did you not do this before we left? Jonathan the Metromuscular was excited about dinosaurs. Ah, as well you should be. There will be many more that we will see. Most will be like that. Will be fun to watch. Ah, some will be more dangerous and will be fun to fight. This will make things easier. And uh, he continues to lead you down the path. Do you continue to follow? All right. As you continue through the jungle, heading uh, in towards who knows what dangers and apparently a volcano that you're going to be fighting, we'll pause there. And the next time we get together, we'll continue our trek through dinosaur-infested jungles who might have lightning powers. But first, let me give you some experience. For, yeah, for the Vulcan greeting. I really liked that. For... Finding the the most excited tabaxi to go on a hunt that you possibly could and heading off into the jungle, I'm going to give you a total of uh, 8,500 experience to split between the four of you. And the next time we get together, we will continue our jungle trek. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeon drunks to sign up. 
Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our top tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Magic Dance, and Hunted Shadows LLC.